Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Louise Bevitt here, the host of the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm so happy that you've joined me today because today I want to talk about anchors. Now, keeping with the watery theme, I want to talk to you about something that I saw flick across my newsfeed, and it was about the largest goldfish in the world. Now, this goldfish had been released and it was just a normal little goldfish swimming around in a little bowl until it was released illegally into one of the Great Lakes in the US, which is a freshwater lake. Now, the thing with goldfish is that apparently they will only grow to the size of their permitted environment. So you pop a goldfish into a small goldfish bowl, it won't grow very big, but you put it in a larger goldfish bowl and that thing is going to get just that bit bigger. So what happens when you put it into one of the Great Lakes? It grows to be 30 kilos, 67 pounds. That is a huge goldfish. I think as a trend follower, my mind immediately went to pretty soon we're going to have megalodonic goldfish swimming around those lakes. So what can we learn from that little goldfish? Firstly, you have to watch your environment. Sometimes you will be in an environment that squashes you and doesn't allow you to explore your full potential. Now that's a risk because you could have had a much bigger trader inside of yourself if only you had a thought to change your environment. So think about your environment. Who are you hanging out with? What software are you using? As a trader, are you looking towards mentors and people who can help you from a practical perspective, but also from a mindset perspective so that your growth isn't stunted in the markets? As adults, we often have so many anchors weighing us down. It is so easy to feel overwhelmed and so easy just to sit on the couch watching Netflix at the end of a long day instead of doing our market analysis. So I'm hoping that this episode is going to get you to realize what those anchors are doing in your life. Now, this episode originally came on to Dr. Giselle Willow's podcast, Nudging Financial Behavior. Dr. Giselle and I are both behavioral finance experts. We get so much out of our chats together, and I know that you will too. So let's hand it over to Dr. Giselle so that she can talk to you about anchors and you can hear me interviewed about this very subject. Presenting the same situation in a different way using different frames can anchor people in a certain way. 
present a situation in terms of possible losses, and people will likely take on risk to avoid those losses. However, frame that same situation in terms of possible gains, and we become risk-averse in trying to protect those gains. I'm not going to go into specifics here because the topic of risk aversion and loss aversion could be a podcast episode all on its own. In fact, you've given me an idea here. I think we'll definitely need to make a plan to come back to it in a later episode. What's interesting about the anchoring bias, though, is that there is actually a term for how it impacts financial decisions. We use the term the anchored investor. For an investor, a typical anchor is the original purchase price. A bias called loss aversion, which we're not talking about in detail today, means that we are unlikely to sell for below that original purchase price. It's common to be anchored to that initial price after you've bought the share. But when you need to make a subsequent decision to sell or hold or buy more, other biases like regret avoidance and the disposition effect come knocking. Also, new information is often not taken into consideration and we believe our original viewpoint that led us to initial investment is more relevant than any information that comes afterwards. This sounds like confirmation bias, doesn't it? Perhaps even herding behavior. Also, think about how analysts might go about valuing a company. Do they always start with a brand new fundamental analysis or do they look at a previous valuation and adjust based on that? Remember this when using broker recommendations. Can you see how anchors are linked to almost every other cognitive bias? This is why diversification and having a long-term outlook is so important. I've got Louise Bedford, one of Australia's best-selling authors, a trading mentor and host of Talking Trading Podcasts on the line to chat to us about anchors. Welcome to the podcast, Louise. Thank you so much for making the time. Oh, it's lovely to see you, Dr. Giselle. <laughs> Good to see you too. Tell us. In your wealth of experience as a trader and mentor to other traders, can you share with us some examples of common anchors you've seen influencing trading decisions? Mm. Anchors, it's such a good word, isn't it? Because it ties us down to the ground in some way. So let's have a look at three specific anchors. The first one would be stock anchoring. Now, the way that I think about stock anchoring is when people think of the price that they got in at and they think that is the only truth in the entire world and everything is anchored to that price. So they think if it goes up, oh, how much money have I made because I got in at this price and I'm going to get out at this price. It actually inspires us to have much more fear and greed than you would expect. So really, we need to look at each stock individually. That emotional attachment to a stock does none of us any good as traders. The other type of anchoring I like to think of is identity anchoring. I am this type of person. I am this type of person because I never make a loss in the markets. I am a good trader. I always stick to my trading plan. We anchor ourselves to our identity principles and we have trouble moving away. And if we do have to move away, that inspires cognitive dissonance, which is that uncomfortable feeling when there's a mismatch between your actions and your values. So be careful about the identity cues that you're allowing into your own mind. And then the other type of anchoring that I like to think about is future anchoring. Now, this is where we imagine ourselves in the future and we work out how do we get where we, from where we are now to where we want to be. Now, that future anchoring can be quite insidious. 
if we are used to having a job, but then all of a sudden we have a disability or maybe there's an interruption to our work life, we think of ourselves as a type of person as working to the age of 65 and retiring because that's our future anchor. But now we've been thrown that curveball and it can actually sweep us off our feet. So be careful about the futures that you anchor to and make sure they are broad enough to encourage a variety of different circumstances. Otherwise, you might just get hooked into a future that you are not wanting for yourself currently. Yes, it's good to have a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, but you've got to be careful of anchoring yourself too much to that plan. So true. So do you think that perhaps there are any telltale signs that we can pick up to warn us that we're being held down by an anchor? Well, one of them is definitely reluctance to sell a stock or even reluctance to buy a stock. This reluctance is in the face of really all of the evidence that you've got in your trading plan, all of the evidence from your charts is telling you one thing, but you are feeling another way. And that internal friction is the thing that wakes us up at 3am in the morning where you think, oh my goodness, what calamities are going to come to us? Maybe I'm going to be a millionaire. It's often extremely binary. So that is one thing to really consider. The other aspect is information aversion. Now, this is a cognitive bias. Information aversion is where when we are doing well in the markets, we check our portfolios 500 times during the day because it just gives us that dopamine kick and we're so happy with ourselves. But when things aren't going as well, we avoid looking at our portfolio and that can be definitely to our detriment. So that is one to definitely look out in terms of your own behaviour. How often are you checking your stocks? And is that something that you are comfortable with? And probably the other aspect to that would be money scripts. So these are the concepts that are passed down to us often multiple generations are responsible for this. It's the things we heard at the top of the stairs as a child. What are the money scripts that we have from our parents and from our grandparents that tell us whether money is good or bad? How should we respond to money? And what is our physiological reaction to money? So if you're ever sitting in front of a computer screen and you can feel yourself starting to sweat, you can feel your heart rate increase, you can feel your breathing becomes more shallow. All of those are physiological reactions that could even be related to your money scripts and how you're feeling that represents itself physically. So there's some good things to look out for. Very useful telltale signs for us to look out for. So one more question, if I may. Do you have any tips of how we can then go about overcoming these anchors? You know, if we can pick them up, how do we then limit bad decision making? Sure, let me fix it all for you. <laughs> the first one I think we should all get into the habit of doing is if we've got a charting package that allows us to flip the chart upside down, if when it was around the right way, you were bullish, and then when you flip it, you are still bullish, you have a definite problem. That is absolute evidence that you have got an optimism bias. You're only seeing the best and that can actually bite us as traders. So if you can at all, through your charting package, flip that chart upside down, that is an ideal thing to do. 
And then other things that we can do is use a written trading plan. This is really important because a written trading plan will help guide your actions even when you are under stress. Another aspect that you could look at is using an accountability partner. Have you got a trading friend that you can talk with that will help keep you on the straight and narrow? And perhaps my only other piece of advice with this is breathe slower. Now, often in the markets, when we have that rush, that feeling where everything is coming up into our throat because everything is contracting, we need to actually use our breathing as a macro way to encourage us to calm down. Now, I interviewed Dr. Hank Weisinger and he made an interesting point. He said rather than telling yourself to, okay, I have to slow down my breathing, it's okay, but I have to slow down my breathing. We can't hear that. We need just a few commands when we are under physiological pressure. He actually has encouraged me to keep a sign up near my trading desk that says, breathe slower. You can't deny that, can you? It's absolutely clear. So I do think those areas where we are turning the chart upside down, using a trading plan, using an accountability partner and using simple commands to breathe slower can all help us overcome our anchors. Very useful tips there. Thank you so much, Louise. It's a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did and that you're feeling energized and ready to start your trading day. And of course, if you're listening to this at the end of the day, then you are priming your mind for trading action in the days and weeks to come. Now, I think also one of the things to remember is that we do have all of the information about our shows, including the video, if we've taken a video that week, and the contact details for the people that I interview and that interview me in our show notes on our talkingtrading.com.au website. So when I'm talking about the show notes, it's on that Talking Trading website. You can just call up the episode that you're interested in and you'll see a lot more information as well as some thought-provoking questions that you can use as a study guide if you're using Talking Trading in that way. I find that it's so easy to skip through things and let them slip through to the keeper. Whereas if we actually spent some time examining what we've just learned, those lessons can sink in so much more deeply. So I do urge you to go to those show notes. And the other thing I'd really like you to do is to rate us on iTunes or Podchaser. So iTunes and Apple Podcast is where we really drive a lot of business and the thing to remember here is by spreading the word, you're helping other people find the show. It really does help. So I read every one of those comments and I just love them. If you've got an Apple device, it's so easy. You can just go to the podcast production company that you're using to collect the podcast and rate and review it there. I'm going to read one out just at random. Let's have a look. Um, Kate Hill. Thank you, Kate, for this beautiful review. Great insights and information presented in a compelling way. Thank you for all the great content. And that is so, so lovely to hear. And perhaps another one from Confidence Star. 
I have just binged three episodes of Talking Trading. So much interesting content without being overcomplicated for beginners at trading, especially. Thanks for producing this amazing show. The experience of the hosts is really obvious and they generously share their knowledge and enthusiasm and love for their work. I'm looking forward to the next three episodes, which I will listen to over the weekend. Thank you so much, Confidence Star and Kate Hill. And I would love to read your review on iTunes or Podchaser as soon as you get a chance. So once you've finished this podcast, just do us that favor because it will help spread the word. I hope you've got a great trading week ahead of you and I'll catch up with you next week. <music>